this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guests named today are Akua Men's Idu and Kendra Brun. Akua works at Evergreen Health. Kendra works at Narden Academy. They're both DEI consultants on the side and together host the Black Gems Dive In podcast. We talk tactics to improving diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace and all about their podcast, why they started it, what they discuss, and where you can listen. Thanks to them for their time and you for yours in listening. Enjoy the episode. Let's start by just telling the audience a bit about yourselves and Akua, we'll, we'll start with you and then Kendra a second. Yeah, so uh, my name is Akua Menzaidu. I am currently am the Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer at Evergreen Health, but I am the co-host along with Kendra uh, for the Black Gems Dive In podcast, uh, a podcast that we talk about everything DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and inclusive cultures. And so Kendra and I came together, um, was it last year? I, this time is time is flying. So we came together last year um, around when, when everything kind of shut down for the pandemic and said, you know, we, we got some things to talk about and we wanted to come together uh, to create a space, uh, especially from our own perspectives as um, women of color and, and black women to talk a little bit more about what diversity, equity and inclusion looks like. Um, I'm a native of Syracuse, New York, but I've been in Buffalo for school and never left. So I am still here. <laughs> How about you, Kendra? Uh, so hello everyone. I am Kendra Brim. Um, I am the Director of Diversity, Inclusion, and Opportunity at Narden Academy. Um, I'm excited to serve in this role because it is a newer role. Um, and as Akua said, I am the other co-host of Black Gems Diving Podcast. Uh, one thing that Akua did not mention is that both of her and I do have our own consulting companies as well. And the great thing about that is that we know that there is a need, especially here in Western New York. And so we're able to um, always bounce ideas off of each other. Um, we collaborate often. It's never a competition type thing, which is always great because we know that we want to make Buffalo better. And so um, I am a native to Buffalo, New York, been here all my life. I left for school um, and came back. But I know that our city uh, needs our voices. And so we did talk about this last summer, about how can we get our voices out there um, as a collective, bring on different guests and talk about hot topics that we sit back and talk about on a regular basis. And so being able to bring that in a podcast form has been excellent so far. And we are currently on season two, which is very exciting because never thought we would be podcasters, I guess. <laughs> so it's exciting. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I was able to listen to a few as I was prepping for today. So I love it. Um, so you guys talked a little bit about, you know, like the why and the timing tell folks kind of what they can expect you know, when they tune in. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we're really keeping our ears and eyes on the ground, uh, in terms of what's happening. So, uh, every episode we, we bring up a hot topic. Uh, we're talking about things that are happening, uh, either in our local community, regional community, or at a national level. Um, things like what other companies are doing, um, what areas you might need to be focused on, but then also practitioners in this space, what things you might need to be focused on um, and aware of as, as things are kind of changing through the landscape of, of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I think um, at the basis of every conversation, we're talking about what's happening, but then we're also diving in into another topic um, that's relatable to the, the space at this point in time. 
Yeah. And I think also, too, when we explore the ideas of DEI and what does that truly mean, um, many people may think it's just when we talk about DEI, we're talking about just race and ethnicity. But we talk about so much more than that. Um, and we talk about, um, you know, ability, disability. Um, and there's so much that you can talk about. And so when we come together in our different conversations, it's like, okay, there's so much happening in the world. Um, so how can we kind of hone in and then also lean on our guests that come to our podcast as well? So we've had uh, many guests from multiple areas across DEI, across the spectrum, um, not only locally, but also nationally as well, and kind of tapping into their expertise as well as their opinions about uh, what's going on in our country as well as in our, our local area. And in your first answer, Kendra, you talked about the importance of, you know, like shining the this light on these topics and using your voice to do so. You both work at, you know, at least somewhat community facing organizations. You both have your own consulting businesses. And then through this podcast um, and Kendra, you were recently featured in Buffalo business first as well. So, you know, I guess my question is, um, you know, making yourself so, so visible in the community, I guess, you know, one, what opportunities have come from that? And, you know, two, why do you think that's important to do, you know, kind of using yourself as that channel? Right. Um, for me personally, I've always been involved in the community. Um, I'm a very community-based uh, person. And so this work with DEI has, is something that comes naturally um, because it's something that I've been talking about and working on for years. And because of the events that we saw that happen in our, in our country, uh, last year, now the need is even greater and our voices are even more amplified. And so those opportunities that come are um, obviously, you know, speaking engagements, um, consulting opportunities with different companies, things like that. Um, we're at a point now, a critical point in our country where we're moving from conversation to action. And you started to see that divide of what companies are kind of still staying in just that conversation and what companies are trying to move to that action. And so those opportunities that are available are, to, are for those companies that are looking for that action. We, I think we've moved past the community forums and the roundtables and things like that. Uh, what is next? And so those opportunities that are there are able to collaborate, right? So Akua and I collaborating with the podcast, that's one way to amplify those voices. Um, but then also, too, working with other people as well, um, bringing in different community stakeholders so that we can make things better. Um, because it's not just a, let me just sit back and do consulting. It's okay. Well, let me bring in different stakeholders from different um, places within the community to make it better as a whole. We know we say Buffalo is one big living room and everyone knows each other, but how can we benefit off of that energy to make it uh, more inclusive for not only people who live here, but people who are also moving to the city. And a cool, where can people listen to the podcast that, you know, might be listening today? Yeah, so we are on all networks, uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, at Black Gems Dive In Podcast. And then you can find us also on social media, uh, Instagram, at Black Gems Dive In, and uh, on, on Facebook, at Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Awesome. So I want to kind of zoom out macroscopically and, and talk about DEI as it relates to companies. A lot of the work that you guys just mentioned and, you know, roll up your sleeves and often do. Um, so let's start just broadly, you know, how does, how does representation um, impact, you know, retention and talent attraction for companies? Cause I think that's, 
you know, that's often maybe not the first question, but the first point that you might want to make to somebody as they're starting to go from, you know, the talk, the community roundtable, the actual action. Yeah, so I think um, there's there's a, a couple reasons why rep- representation matters. Um, and I think first and foremost, we, when we have these conversations with companies, we talk about uh, how our nation is changing. America's ge- demographics are changing. And so in the US, uh, by the year 2065, we'll be what you call a plurality nation, which means there won't be one single ethnic uh, or racial majority in our country. And this is already happening in certain areas within uh, the country. So when you think about the work that you do, because you always have to relate it back to the business that you do. So whether that be healthcare, whether that be banking, whether that be um, education, all these different realms and industries, the demographics are changing. And so in order to um, authentically connect to folks, you need to understand uh, these different perspectives. And so we often talk about cultural humility and this understanding of having this interpersonal stance that is other oriented. We have to be oriented to other people that are not like us in order to properly and betterly serve them and advocate for them. And so I would say that representation in that facet matters, um, not only having it within your organization um, from a diversity perspective, but the inclusion component is most important because you wanna make sure that you're listening and hearing uh, the things that you need to do as an organization to create more uh, opportunities to engage your own consumers, stakeholders, um, and your staff as well. And I think I, I always highlight that staff component because diversity is a fact, either it's there or not, inclusion is a choice. And if you exclude folks, that diversity won't stay in your organization. And so um, I think from that perspective and, and things that are changing and shifting, it's really important to keep this top of mind uh, so that you're not left behind. Right. And it benefits everyone, right? We we know that when you make an environment more diverse and inclusive, it benefits everyone as a whole from the bottom up. You know, a lot of times when we go into companies and talk to many people, we start with a business case because that's the way that you kind of get in the door to say this really affects your bottom line, but it affects um, the company as a whole from innovation to creativity um, to just flourishing as a whole. And so we know that it's definitely needed as we move forward. Right. And you mentioned the difference between diversity and inclusion. How can an organization or, you know, an employer look to improve, improve diversity and avoid maybe tokenism? And I'm glad, you know, that you, that you brought that distinction because it's a lot of companies, um, you know, if you're, if you're really just trying to move quickly, because a lot of organizations um, thinking about what happened last year in terms of the racial unrest and the things that people were talking about, they want to do something now and they want to, you know, put something together. And so a lot of organizations, what they do, oh, we know what we need. We need to hire a person of color and put them in this type of position. Um, but the reality is oftentimes it leads to that tokenism because you haven't really tilled your own land. You haven't looked inward as an organization to see what your culture is like. Uh, is it an inclusive environment? Is it somewhere where people can thrive? Is it somewhere where people can bring their best selves to work, you know, and most of their best selves to work. And so those are things that I think organizations have to take a step back and look inward to get a better sense of what you're perpetuating. You know, you think about how you onboard folks. What are you telling people? Are you talking about uh, this inclusive culture and the the way that your conduct is conducted in your own organizations? Are you telling people uh, that these are our values that we live by and this is what we're going to insert into our values? These are all ways that I think organizations can make sure that it's not only top of mind, but to avoid creating this uh, sense of place where we're just hiring you because you're a person of color and you represent a specific demographic. So I think that's a really great point that you bring up. Um, We have to make sure that we're doing the work inwardly 
in order to um, ensure that we're, we're doing more than that. So for those, for those people that maybe are kind of stuck in the middle, for lack of a better term, you know, the people that uh, a person of color that's already working at an organization that doesn't have that support infrastructure or, you know, hopefully is in the process of building it. Kendra, what kind of networking opportunities outside of that company here in our community are available for those folks? Yeah. So there's um, so many affinity groups that are out in our community. Um, and we know that affinity groups are very important because they do create safe spaces um, for people. So there are so many organizations from the Buffalo Urban League. Um, we have um, so many young professional groups. I always tell people too, my starting point when I was getting started is Buffalo Niagara Partnership 360 because they have a young professionals guide. Right. And from there, you're able to get involved in so many different groups in wherever your interests lie, whether it is DEI, whether that is HR, um, whether that's arts and culture, there is something for everyone. Um, there, there's also a group that was created a few years ago called um, the, the Black Professionals of West New York, and they focus mainly on um, activities around the city. And so there's a lot of newcomers, a lot of transplants in that group, and that's a way that they're able to bond and um, find different ways to, um, to know about our city and our culture. Um, and so there's so many groups. I always tell people to get involved because also, too, like I keep saying, Buffalo is very small, but the network is also very strong. And so once you get connected with one person, you're able to connect, get connected to two people, four people, and the list keeps growing. Um, so there's also different opportunities that way. Go to meetings. Now it's very easy to do it virtually as well. So make sure you're tapping into that. Um, but, you know, once you are involved in those groups, there's so many um, ideas that can come from that, that you can also bring back to your company. You know, um, we also talk about why you're, why you're at a company, you want to make sure that you're making the best of it while also cultivating your own professionalism as well. And so that's a way to, to definitely do it. Um, but there's so many groups out here in the city. And Akul, what would your recommendations be to companies to start building that infrastructure inward? A lot of, you know, bigger companies have like a young professionals group or something, but how do you kind of solidify that, you know, that more long lasting feeling of inclusiveness, inclusivity? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great question. A lot of organizations want to jump in this work, but like I said, you have to take that step back. And so I would recommend that organizations interested in really shaping and changing um, that culture do a cultural audit. Uh, so what that, what that really is, is, um, you know, working with either a consulting company or another organization, because it's it's great to get the ears and eyes outside of your own uh, scope and, and your own um, landscape to come in, ask questions. They're going to be um, interviewing not only your executive leadership within the company, but also your frontline staff and, and what their feelings are really like um, and do it in a way where you ensure that those those feelings stay confidential, but um, you're able to kind of summarize it to uh, some form of report that you then share back with the leadership and say, hey, these are the things that we heard, um, whether that be an inclusive workplace assessment as well. Um, what's your physical environment look like? Is that inclusive? You know, when you walk in, 
what pictures are hanging on the wall? Uh, you know, is that representative of the communities that you're interacting with? People pay attention to these things. And so I think doing a cultural audit will give you a larger sense and a better sense of what's happening with your own organization. And then from there, um, now we're talking about accountability. Because once you once you're aware of all these different things that you might need to fix or, you know, some things that might be going well and you need to maybe amplify that, you then um, need to make sure that someone is keeping that and holding the organization um, accountable for now moving and advancing that work. Because oftentimes what we see is, you know, you'll you'll sit there and you'll do these surveys or you'll talk to your staff to kind of get an understanding of what's happening, but there's not one person that really owns that and uh, now is being performed and evaluated, their performance evaluated based on making sure that some of that is happening within organizations. So I would say, you know, not only do that audit, but make sure there's some form of accountability and someone owning that within your organization um, to make sure that they're advancing that. And there's a couple different ways that people do that. Um, they hire diversity folks, you know, like Kendra and I in, in a space or, and I, I shouldn't say or, because a lot of the more successful companies do that. They, they have someone who own it. Um, and they also do things like diversity and inclusion leadership councils, where they'll have a cross-functional team put together that has little subcommittees that have a focus on maybe it's your HR um, and your data or your compliance. Maybe it's your marketing, your PR, your outreach and communications. Um, you know, we also have a bucket for resource groups. So you're creating now this more inclusive space where there's these affinity groups that are coming together and bringing your staff together to ensure that they're engaged as well. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I would recommend starting with that inward look through a cultural audit and an assessment in that way, and then um, making sure that you're holding yourself accountable to, to following through on that. And Kendra, on the recruiting side, recruiting for talent, are there certain methods that our companies maybe overlook or maybe are, are using too much that lead to a lack of diversity within their talent pipeline? Right. So the first thing, too, is when a lot of companies, they want to recruit um, and they want to recruit for diversity. And we, we know that's the easy part. But one thing I would just take a step back to say is that also, too, companies need to look within. You know, a lot of times we have um, excellent um, employees who can be cultivated um, and mentored and be able to promote themselves throughout the company. And so a lot of times we look outward for those ex the expertise where we need to kind of look and we're going back to what Akua was saying. Uh, we sometimes have the expertise in-house. We know obviously it's you know cheaper for a company. Um, they don't have to do as much onboarding, things like that. And so it kind of benefits the, comp the company while having someone that knows um, the ins and outs of, and it's tied to the mission and values of our company, right? Um, so that's the first thing. But when we're looking for um, just recruiting and hiring, one thing that uh, we talk about all the time is we put job opportunities out there. And we say, man, we're not getting uh, that that diversity we're looking for, whether it is from a racial standpoint, ethnic standpoint, um, gender. And a lot of times we have to review those job descriptions and looking at it from um, do we have a biased lens, right? Um, is it male oriented? Is it female oriented? Kind of looking at some of those things and really do a deep dive in evaluating the job descriptions. Sometimes people just send out a generic job description, but it really needs to make sure that we take that bias out of it. Um, so that's the first thing. And then also to be intentional, intentional with your relationships, relationship building. We know that, um, you know, you can go to Indeed.com or whatever the case may be, LinkedIn and apply for a job. But it's really about those connections and who do you know within that job itself. And so when we're talking about networking, when we're talking about, you know, what group should we 
work with in our community, that's what it's really all about because that's how you start to build organic relationships as well. Um, so altogether, that creates an excellent mix of hiring um, for your company that will represent your company to the best of its abilities. And again, it just helps everyone, like I said, from innovation to creativity, things like that. Um, but the first step will be before you're looking outward to look inward and see what you have in house first. And I want to give you guys kind of the last word before I move into our blizzard round. So anything else you think that maybe I haven't asked that, you know, companies should know a, a business owner or an HR manager that's listening, something we haven't touched on? Uh, I don't know. I just keep going back to the the, the topic that we talked about, um, like who was, was talking about is make sure that you have someone that is responsible for your DEI activities. Um, so many companies lean on HR, right? They lean on um, people who are already tapped out in terms of time and resources. Make sure that you're being deliberate and building up your diversity plan moving forward. Um, a lot of times we see also too that sometimes it falls on the only maybe right now black person in your company and that creates sometimes three, four or five extra jobs for them. So we wanna make sure that we're being intentional with our diversity efforts moving forward. And that's something now that we're starting to see where companies are kind of struggling with that. So really take a, a look at yourselves to see where can we pull these resources from. And I would just add, um, this is not easy work. You know, um, I, I think a lot of organizations want a quick fix. You know, we know that there were things that were happening external to us, um, but how do we fix this now? We just need to put a um, uh, some type of whatever it is, initiative together, or we need to, you know, do something quickly and kind of figure it out. But the reality is this work takes time. And I think when you think about the industry that you're coming from, it took time for you to build that organization or that business and get to a certain point and where you're at. This is another layer. Um, we know that there's a lot of ROI on if you do this right. And so I would say stick in it for the long haul, um, you know, and, and get comfortable being uncomfortable because there's going to be a lot of times where, it doesn't, it's not easy. It's not the easy thing to fix. You know, we need to hire someone immediately. We just need to fill the slot. And although we want diversity, we know it's going to take so much longer uh, to, to try to look for, for what that is um, in the, in the company, but we know that longer term it's going to pay off. And so I would say if you really focus on, um, you know, putting the streamlining your efforts and putting the infrastructure in place now, it'll be that much easier the next time that something comes along, right? And so it's not easy work, but it is definitely reward, you know, you'll, you'll be rewarded in doing so. And so I would say, stick it out, tough it out, um, and just take it one day at a time. Well, thank you both very much for your time uh, and, and insights today on the podcast, and obviously all of your activity within our community beyond it. Uh, before I let you go, we always end on a couple hard hitting blizzard round questions. So we will go, we'll go Kendra first, then Akua. Um, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Uh, mint chocolate chip. Ooh, I'm going to go with um, maple walnut. How about a book or TV show that you'd recommend? Uh, I would say This Is Us because that's something I just watched recently and I love that show. Hmm, show or a book. That's tough. Uh, but this is lightning, so I'm just going to, whatever comes to mind at this point. I was going to say uh, Cast by Isabel Wilkerson is a really, really good book. Text or phone call? Uh, text. 
text. I'm gonna go with text too. Bills or Sabres? Bill Bills. Bills Mafia. Easy choice currently. Hiking <laughs> or skiing? Hiking. We love to hike. Hiking. Hiking, ditto. And last question, most important, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flats all the way. I'm not picky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do both. I'm going to do both. Awesome. Thank you both very much for your time. privately funded, nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.